Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Kielbasa Kings uh, Sports Extravaganza. Scott Mazinski, Dave Kokorowski. Uh, wrapping up a Labor Day weekend. That was a pretty half weekend from not just a, sure from a personal standpoint, but from a sports standpoint. Uh, Badgers played on Friday. We'll talk about that. Packers made some interesting cuts. And we'll talk about that. And if we have any time, we'll touch base briefly on the Brewers. But I know there's a lot of football that we want to cover. And Jake, I guess what we could start real quick with the, the, the golf season is literally days away now. Um, Thursday is the opener. Um, Packers open on Sunday. Some roster cuts for the Packers that had a lot of people scratching their heads. Uh, you know, keeping 10 offensive linemen, uh, letting some of these receivers go. They were able to get a couple of them back to the practice squad, but uh, one of them that won't be back, Max McCaffrey, who uh, uh, is now with the Saints organization. But uh, your thoughts on, on the cuts and anything that stood out, Jake, and, and uh, welcome welcome from a busy, busy weekend. Yeah, no, it's been crazy uh, and, and not much sleep either with uh, get with the foot, with the Badger game. I didn't get done with the Cash didn't get done with the interview until about 12.45 in the morning and then was up till about 3.45 and uh, got back up at like before 9 and started writing again. Until uh, about one, so yeah, a long weekend. Still recovering from that game. I think a bunch of us were, but it going to the Packers side of things. You know, it. it I mean, the the Taysom Hill stuff wasn't necessarily, despite having a great summer. I mean, and training camp. I mean, him being let go, then picked up by the Saints. Not necessarily. I I don't feel really surprised by that, just because he had such a good fall camp that if he they weren't going to keep three quarterbacks on the roster. They're gonna go. You know, he was bound to be picked up somewhere, and 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 so we'll see how that. I mean, the McCaffrey thing's interesting too. I mean, he had. I mean, I think it's interesting they only kept five wide receivers. Uh, you know, at the time being, uh, though I know if I'm not mistaken that Geronimo. Allison, I mean, technically it's six six when Geronimo Allison jumps back up, but uh, you know, but then again they have three, t- you know, tight ends that, uh, especially two of them in Lance Kendricks and Martellus Bennett that should be help and they have tons of weapons and if you include Ty Montgomery out in the you know open two he's essentially a six wide receiver play you know along with being a running back uh so I found that interesting uh Don Barkley on an injured reserve uh and then you know a lot of, a lot of people may talk about it too the wide receivers right where uh, back to them where D'Angelo Yancey that I think is like with one of the first fifth round draft picks in the Ted Thompson era to be cut if I'm not mistaken uh, along those mm-hmm. lines and Malachi Dupree uh, even though they want it sounds like per reports uh, from those that cover the Packers that they want you know it sounds like you know they wanted them back but uh, he goes out you know he, yeah, he does not sign on to the practice squad there so it, I mean I think those are some of the bigger ones I'm uh, inter- I mean, obviously, the, the, the for disappointing news for both Badgers and Packer fans alike, with Vince Beagle being on the pup list, uh, the physically unable to perform list, along with Dimitri Goodson. Uh, in but then, like I guess, I mean, you could probably talk more to it too. You know, they they sign Ahmad, uh, you know, Ahmad Brooks, uh, you know, to bol- you know, bolster the outside linebackers. I think I'm surprised by the J. Ron Elliott trade, uh, and they keep Kyle Fackrell, uh, and, and they bring on uh, the outside linebacker from Atlanta. Uh, and so, uh, you know, Chris Odom, who's the rookie from Arkansas State, uh, I think those are the most interesting. I mean, there, there, there's some really interesting ones. But well, to you, I mean, I mean, was it the outside linebacker stuff? Was it wide receivers? Was it something that I that I missed? I, you know, I think it was the receivers uh, with McCaffrey being, you know, I think, the biggest surprise. And 
and again with 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 Clark and 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 Yancey being able to to bring them back as as part of the practice squad, that's fine. But you really ran the risk of losing all those guys, uh, you know. Um, and yeah, I know that they're pretty deep at receiver, but there's a lot of rumblings as we get in the next year about Randall Cobb not being part of the future of this team. I, honestly, the biggest surprise, and I, I and maybe let me rephrase that. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised by it. I know the the value of special teams in this day and age, but that some of those receivers didn't make even Jeff Janis did. You, you know, um, that was a little bit of a surprise, but. You know, again, like as I mentioned, I do know that they, you know, there is a value to um, good special teams players. And in Janice's case, an exceptional player on special teams, but from an offensive end, really hasn't done much. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, I think he's become one of those more polarizing players where you have those that, you know, he has that nickname, the People's Champion, from what you hear, you know, on Wilde and Tosh, among other places, but. You know, and he's great on the special teams, but, you know, he may be – I don't know his potential per se, and maybe since I don't cover him necessarily, I, it's hard for me to be known as an expert, but just watching him. Yeah, he made that great play in the playoffs with all those wide receivers injured on that Hail Mary against Arizona, but I don't know how much he caps off more. I mean, yeah, he had a great, a pretty good preseason, but, you know, where, how does that translate over to the regular season? You haven't seen it yet. And so, I mean, and Trevor Davis is a special teams guy, but it sounds like he's working his way up where he has that ability uh, to make an impact on the offense. And, and gosh, for, forbid something happens, and, and you've seen it throughout the you know the years now with Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, all having some injuries here and there. I mean, Davis is going to have to step up. But I will say, though, that, like I said, back to that, you have tight ends there now with Martellus Bennett, Lance Kendricks and, and Richard Rogers too. He is he's caught touchdowns as we all know, so I think that mm-hmm. helps soften the blow of, of you know. And I'm sure once Allison gets back on board, uh, you know that's another thing to look out for because yeah, it seems like he started contributing more and more uh, last season. So, uh, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. Is this the last year of Janice? I, I mean, it, it could be, uh, or, or you know, coming up if, if things happen after the, after the season and then in the training camp next year, but. Um, yeah, I I think the tight ends do lessen the blow. I'm, I mean, I'm really excited to see what Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendricks can do in a real game with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. Especially Kendricks because he's been in, in, with the Rams and just not great quarterbacks. And people were saying he was going downhill. And uh, in terms of, you see, I don't know if it was pro football focus stats or whatnot, but there are some statistics that it sounds like it seemed like he was going down in, in terms of the, the quality number of receptions or whatnot. Uh, or something along those lines, and and I mean it's just I mean the quarterbacks make a big deal there, uh, and, and I think he's going to have a huge, huge year. And Bennett is just I mean I think I think Packer fans will be really happy. I think the the real question now goes you know outside linebackers and in the defense like what what will Don Capers defense do this year. And, and what, I mean, in your opinion, like, what are you hoping to see out of these guys? You know, they don't have Latroy Guy on anymore. They, uh, you know, you're hoping for big years from Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels in, in the middle of that defense and Dean Lowry too. Uh, but, I mean, what are the biggest concerns to you on defense? Well, that it's just not good yet. I mean, you, you know, we're yet to see, you know, yet to see what the secondary is going to do as far as from a growth standpoint. Rookie, rookie, but what about the, the other players? That's huge. 
will they be able to get consistent pressure? One of the guys that was thought to be able to do that was not going to be able to do that until at least week seven. So he's put in a pup list. So, you know, it's it's interesting to see if they're just going to be better. Is there going to be some growth from maturation of some of the players in the system or not? Because it really needs to be. They didn't address a lot of needs. Okay, I mean, King was obviously the best need. Uh, but they didn't address the kind of need that they didn't do for agency. So they're hoping and banking that some of the players that were left over from last year, maybe some of the other guys that were undrafted for agency, they're going to develop into something, you know. And if they don't, um, then the defense is going to be good again. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's people, you know, just want to, you know, there's obviously optimism that comes from being a fan, right? But there's people who are just assuming, yeah, everything's going to be better. Baby. I don't know, man. Like, we'll see. We'll see how things go. And, and obviously health. You know, the, every team goes through injuries. The Packers seem to have their, uh, certainly their share of them. So I think that's the other part of it is that I think you have to just, uh, you have to stay healthy. And if they stay healthy, um, then, you know, some of the, the other players develop into some things and we'll see what happens. This is obviously concern. I just, again, my concern is that I just don't think the defense is that good. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, when you saw some of those mysterious injuries, or I mean, not mysterious injuries, I should say, but just like, are you, maybe, yeah, with Clay Matthews and just what happens with him and Nick Perry, I mean, that, uh, I, I mean, I know why they, I'm really intrigued to see, like, just how Ahmad Brooks steps in and, and helps out with this with this group. Because, I mean, you lose Julius Peppers to, like, back to Carolina, and, you lo- and Dayton Jones goes to the Vikings. So, you know, that that position group took a hit from, from – and I, I mean, I think – I mean, obviously they have faith that these new players coming in, like, they, like they've done now, uh, will help. But, uh, you know, they have – you know, two of those players have – a week to catch up quickly in Don Capers' defense and, and learn and learn the scheme. So, uh, but I mean, it, it should be interesting there. I'm intrigued to see how these defensive backs look uh, and to see how they. I don't know. I, I really feel like this team, you know, uh, from last year. I want to see the continued improvement. And, you know, when you look at, I mean, right now they have House and, and Quentin Rollins on the depth chart listed as the starters, uh, but. You know, I want to see that improvement from Rollins and and Demarius Randall uh, for sure. And and, I mean, we'll see what you know, uh, Ladarius Gunter, what where they line them up now. I mean, these they have to stay healthy. I think Devon House will have that ability. I think you know to be you know that calming influence of veteran and and who knows this defense that can help. Uh, But you know, I'm interested in seeing what Rollins and and Randall can do and and just what Kevin King can can pull out. Uh, you know the first, you know the set, you know second round draft pick and and what he can do the first pick overall for their per, first draft pick overall for the Packers this year. Well, and remember he's still he's still a rookie. So. Right, right, he is still a rookie. Yes. I mean, so I mean, we've seen very good cornerbacks in this league uh, that you know have great great careers. And when you look back even at some of those players and what they did in their rookie year, it's an eye opener. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about some of your what's needed for your growth. You come up for the time and go out there in a non, even a non-exhibition game because you, know, you don't everybody's best in in the preseason, but you do once a once the game starts to count. So 
you got to understand that. And fans understand that, that there's going to be times where, where Kenny King looks like a rookie and looks every bit like a rookie. That doesn't mean he's not going to be a, 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 a time for the future. It just means that well, he's a rookie, and that's, that's that comes with this league. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, and, and, but it, I mean, they draft him high, so you're hoping that they're he's going to be able to contribute at some point uh, down the road in the near future. I mean, and, I mean, I guess you know you're hoping anyone that's like a fourth rounder or higher is going to be a contributor at the very least. On that note, but I, I, I'm I'm excited to see a guy named like Josh Jones step up and and how he plays. I know they have that nitro package that you've heard reporters talk about. I think he's going to be a lot of fun once he his you know he gets more comfortable within the system. Uh, special teams. I mean, I guess the big thing on special teams is just uh, a lot of people are happy, obviously, having the fact that Brett Good's back, uh, and you have you know obviously Crosby there and, and Justin Vogel, who appeared to have, I mean, from what I watched, a pretty good preseason. And I mean, it'll be interesting to see how how he does uh, moving forward and, and helping Green Bay with that. You know, in, in terms of flipping the field position on punts. I mean, any concerns there, in your opinion? Uh, no, I don't care about punting. I mean, I know that you have to if you're uh, the NFL. But, yeah, no, I'm not Jake. I mean, it should be an interesting season. I, I'm interested, you know, one of the things that interests me is what the ratings are going to look like. And what I mean by that is with all of the the uh, uh, the Kaepernick uh issues you know, people on both sides of it, the people who are mad because they think he's being uh, left out and people who would be mad if he got a job in this league. I want to see if the ratings are going to be affected. And we'll find out. But it's going to be an interesting season, and it, it it's always got some twists and turns in it. It never really goes as everybody expects, and, and we'll start finding out that on Thursday. Yeah, I know. I know. And with that, too, you know, you talk about ratings and, I mean, quarterback matchups. I mean, let's say talk, for example, like Scott Tolzien. I think it's Scott Tolzien versus Jared Goff at the beginning of the season. Uh, yeah, that's that's awful. That's just awful. Well, I mean, you gotta give, I think Goff underneath, like, an offensive-type mind like the Rams coaches, I think give him a year. I think he'll be better off, obviously. Uh, and he better be for the how high of a draft pick he was. But that, that's not the Monday night game I would have or the Sunday night game I would imagine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but they got like Tolzien. I mean, Scott Tolzien will start uh, the former Wisconsin Badgers co- uh, quarterback uh, in place of Andrew Luck, who won't be available. Uh, and so we'll see how uh, Scott Tolzien does there. On top of that, 31 Badgers are either on, you know, some form of a they're on NFL teams, whether they are on the pup list like Beagle, or if they're on injured reserve like Marcus Cromartie for the Seahawks, or practice squad uh which i mean for those that uh you know like we reported it on bucky's fifth quarter i reported it yesterday afternoon saying uh sergeant shelton was going to sign with the Bengals after being cut by arizona and today they made it official the team did but you know you'll have guys like uh looks like austin trailer des southward shelton daria gumbawale is on the houston texans practice squad so those made you know them but then you have others like Jared Aberderis uh, and Alex Erickson both made uh, the Lions and Bengals respectively, uh, and, and Corey Clement, you know, was really the only undrafted free agent to make the roster, uh, to make a roster this year out of this 2017 rookie class. So, uh, congrats to Corey, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how they play out. And obviously, I mean, 
we'll be seeing uh, Lance Kendricks and if Beagle, whenever Beagle comes back uh, on the Packers. But uh, it'll be interesting to see with you know Aberderis how he does with Stafford with in the Lions and how Rick Wagner protects that Stafford. So you know you'll see those former Badgers twice a year uh, as well. So it uh, it'll be interesting to see and it's uh, you know. Uh, how they their team start off with a win and if they can duplicate what are the efforts of uh what their college team did on friday night it was uh, an interesting one i didn't get to see a game was that a bird game um and i was watching the score it was 10 nothing obviously the badgers are losing and i thought that was weird um but I wasn't alarmed that they were trailing early in the game. I was alarmed that it was getting close to halftime and they still hadn't scored a point. And then that all changed. Um, and they were able to score quite a few points. In fact, uh, 59 unanswered points um, to get themselves a, a victory, including outscoring uh, Utah State 49 to nothing in the second half. So your take on, on what, first of all, I guess what you saw early and then what adjustments were made and you know in the end I I was happy with a 25 point win honestly but, but they ended up you know blowing that out of the water and, and looking good for the last 36 minutes of that game yeah I mean it really you look at the fact with this team that I they talked about it before I mean Chris chalked it up uh, after the game to just not playing quality football uh, and, and players would recommend that too uh, you know, but you know, talking to Chris Orr after the game, you know, they had a couple missed missed fits on there, uh, in in terms of just the defense. I think you know, it's all you know. Then they had the penalties. There, I mean, they had six penalties in the first half. You had you know the blocking the backs on special teams. I mean, it hit every facet where uh, in that first half where you had, if I'm not mistaken, you also had you know some defensive offsides, and then you had uh, some procedural penalties on the offense, and even the the Troy. Uh, Troy Fumagalli having an unsportsmanlike conduct, even though there's a flop by the uh, Utah State safety, which you know backed them up further on uh, went already deep in their own drive. It just it chalked up to the penalties, and then uh, I think Utah State. I mean, and you saw this too uh, throughout the first week of college football, where or the first official week, even though it was last week. The you know yeah. Indiana, you know was giving their all against Ohio State. You had Washington against Rutgers, where you know where Rutgers was up, you know, ten seven for the better part of a, of a half until about you know three minutes in, you know, three minutes before the half there. Uh, and you saw per, you know Louisville struggle with Purdue and uh, to put them away, uh, you know, and so mm-hmm. uh, and and so it's I think it with when you have teams like this where it's not trying to be apologetic it's hard to scheme against a team that you know utah state had a new offensive coordinator that has this more of a pace-based offense where it's you know you saw how for those that watched the game how fast these player you know how fast the plays went and like how they get to the line it means your typical spread but it's they're going to try to wear you down that way and, and mm-hmm. maybe maybe the ways that they attacked Wisconsin might have been a little different from what was expected. Where you'd think they go three or four wide, uh, and then they're running the ball a lot. And you saw the success it had at times there. So maybe they they tried to wrap around there, where 
Um, you know, and Wisconsin went base, by the way, defense for the first part of the game, for the you know first uh, you know drive, and they also mixed in nickel too. Uh, but they also went some base defense against like a, the Utah State you know eleven personnel at times. So I, I think what happened was is that uh, they got a wake up call. They realized you know they were beating up themselves more than they're you know it was it was they knew it was wasn't supposed to be Wisconsin versus Wisconsin and only Utah State. Uh, I think they they realized you know they they realized what Utah State was doing and they adapted. Finally, I mean the defense started coming around that second quarter. The offense then at that second to last drive in the second quarters when they really started that 15 play 79 yard drive where they had all third down you know, third down conversions uh, and, and they kept the momentum drove there. But you know they, they mentioned a couple of players mentioned you know the the speech that Paul Christ gave at halftime where you know it's kind of a you know you guys are better than this you guys this is you have to earn your earn the win uh and then you see the floodgates open starting with jonathan taylor's 41 yard touchdown round so they they realize that they can't beat themselves up they they had some unique looks i mean talking to the offensive lineman today uh, uh tyler biadish uh the redshirt freshman center Michael Dieter, the left tackle. They both, I mean, they both noted there's some unique fit, you know, unique stuff maybe that they hadn't seen before. And that's, you know, there's three sacks, you know, within the first two quarters. And, you know, the first one was a great disguised corner blitz. The second one was, uh, you know, a good scheme with a little bit of a delayed blitz by the inside linebacker that, you know, once they found the hole, they exploited it. So, you know, they had some different, I think maybe some different looks that they didn't anticipate, uh, but you know, they, Dieter said they have to adapt quicker. Uh, they can't start slow. Well, they can't start slow, and, and you know, like so once you, they got on track, that's when you saw the, the potential of this team. With uh, I think they had 15 chunk plays of 15 yards or more in that game, and, and so I think this team, you know, has that potential to be explosive. They just got to start quicker. Well, you know, I that too, but again, everybody they're going to play for the rest of the year they're going to have film on. Um, you know, and this goes back to what we talked about, you know, a couple weeks ago where the different, the uniqueness of college football is there's no preseason, there's no chance to get a read on anybody. So, again, a, a team like this with new coordinators in place and, and, and yada, 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 they didn't really know what to expect. And, again, the tale of a good team isn't that you start slow against an opponent that you have absolutely no tape, no read on, it's that you finish strong, and they did that. So that's why I'm not as worried as other people might have been, just because there's no way for them to prepare for it. Really, I mean, you could prepare by running your stuff. I get that, but not knowing what's going to be thrown at you because there's no way to have any any way to predict it. And, you know, so that happens, and that's why when people get on teams and they go, you know, and I think that over the years, and it's gotten way better for the Badgers, but. They used to play kind of three packages, but the reason you want to play one at some point is you got to kind of see how things go live against somebody other than other Badgers. You know what I mean? Like right. all they've had to work on is stuff against their own team and their own unit. Um, I think it's fine. I'm not, again, the way they finished made me not even consider being worried about the way they started. Right. Uh, I agree. I mean, I, I think – uh, now and, come, and with Florida Atlantic coming in this week and Lane Kiffin, uh, you know it should be another ability for them before they go out to Provo to get that chance to go and and really you know uh, and, and just try to loosen up or tighten up uh, what you know what they started and you know Chris said there are areas where they can 
imp you know that they can build upon and the areas they have to obviously clean up uh but it's a you know kiffin and his squad i was reading up on it and, and trying to get my watch espn app to work which isn't working right now for some stupid reason i was going to try to watch that before uh, we did the show but uh, to get a little bit on what kiffin did but they you know they i mean they gave up 516 or 526 total yards to navy in their 42 19 loss which by the way was weird they had like a few rain delay or a few lightning strikes there so they had some lightning delays uh but you know the team I mean, they had 326 yards of total offense which isn't great a lot of it was passing they only had 40 rushing yards on the day and so it'll be interesting to see how wisconsin defends that uh and if they can keep uh florida atlantic at bay in the run, running department but you know they have that you know Kiffin's brought in, and he took over Charlie Partridge, who used to be the head coach at FAU and also the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. He took that over from Partridge, who had some good, yeah, you know, he had he was building things up well, but they canned him, got Kiffin, and it's interesting to see how he'll fuse that with some of the talent from you've seen from the last, you know, the last chance use guy, you guys like DeAndre Johnson, who didn't, you know, didn't play or didn't pass a lot. Uh, on Friday night against Navy, and that loss is is more. Uh, I think his last name is Pars, the quarterback for Florida Atlantic, and he had two huge passes of 95 and 62 yards for touchdowns. Uh, the only thing is, though, I mean, uh, they only scored 19 points. So I think the key is to shut down just the passing game uh, for FAU and continue to be dominant in the run. But it'll be. I, I mean, I think the big thing here is starting off fast. They have to start off fast against Florida Atlantic and 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 just go full throttle and, and not not stop uh just so that they you know because they're against byu even though they byu looked like like, like look did not look good against lsu they need to uh they need to play well in provo uh you know next weekend yeah yeah we'll we'll see how that goes i don't by the way i'm i'm i cannot stand Lane kiffin I, i've never been never i just don't like him <laughs> so um <laughs> Hopefully it'll be embarrassment time for uh, uh, for Lane Kiffin and his crew. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, it's, a, it's an er so other than that, I mean, I that's surprising. The Texas A&M game was one that a lot of people are talking about. But was there anything from the first official week that you know you walk away from going? Hmm, I didn't expect that. Or, yeah, that kind of went the way I thought. I mean, I, I, the Michigan Florida game was interesting. I, you know, you just. Sometimes you don't know with them, Michigan replacing so many starters, uh, and it, you know they come to Camp Randall in November. So uh, yeah, that's that's gonna be a game to watch. It is the the home game for fans to try to go see this year in terms of that. Uh, I mean Maryland versus Texas and Tom Herman era that was uh, really like an eye opener. Uh, I mean I, I think it was interesting to see the lower end of the. Big Ten conference where, you know, Purdue gave Illinois, uh, Louisville all could handle. Rutgers was playing well against Washington up in, up until, you know, halftime. Uh, right, right. I'm trying to think who else. Um, yeah, but no, that A&M, like A&M UCLA game, I was just watching Twitter and, and working on other stuff, and all of a sudden I start seeing it pop up like, oh, crap, like they're actually, you know, like this is becoming a game. And so I turned it on, and – you know, it's that's. I mean, you know, Kevin Sumlin. I mean, we'll see what happens with him uh, this year, and and if they. Well, they're already uh, calling for his job. Oh yeah, the, there's allegedly already a a trustee on on the board of regents or whatnot. That's uh, 
our board, you know, reaching done that, you know, already calling for his firing, uh, for him to be removed. But I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that'll obviously. I, I mean, I'll say drop unless it was so terrible. But yeah, you know, it's. I mean, that's they want to win big in, in you know, in College Station. So uh, I'm trying to think. If there's any other big games that really? I mean, I, Alabama, Florida State was was fun to watch. It, it was a um, yeah, you feel bad for uh, Francois, the quarterback, who you know the patella tendon that was reported, and he's out for the year. Uh, but that you know, begin most of that game was <sighs> sorry, long day. Um, most of the, I mean, I thought it was a good game for a while, but then like you know, you see Francois just got getting hit, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how you know Florida State recovers now and, and who will lead them and you know to to the ability you know can they still keep it up in the ACC where you have a Clemson and even like Virginia Tech uh you know how they can you know in other teams uh in, in one of the better division better conferences in the country right right yeah no you're absolutely right and 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 it's going to be one of those and you know this too where i read that this year the first games I'm going to come out way later in the season, um, even a week, week later than last year. So people are going to have to wait to see how the college, especially in Wisconsin, where, again, like you mentioned, some some analysts think that they're going to be in the mix for a playoff. Desmond Howard's one of them. I, you know, so obviously Badger fans are going to be, you know, uh, waiting to see how that first, uh, you know, college playoff pool, come, pool comes out and, and See where uh, where they fit, but just you know, again, some changes, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a great season, and I think it's gonna be one of those seasons where the Big Ten's gonna surprise a lot of people, but because I think the depth of the league uh, is a little bit better, I think it's it's just stronger all across the board. So, absolutely. Uh, and by the way, another surprise: Liberty beating Baylor. Uh, not a great week for the state of Texas, for uh, maybe except for TCU and maybe for Texas Tech when it comes to. Uh, Texas teams losing, uh, so no, that's it'll be it'll be fun to see. It's good having football back. It's good talking some NFL, and it's good talking uh, you know college football and and seeing where it goes from there. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we got a few minutes left, and now we got to wrap it up. The Brewers lost the heartbreak. Uh, three of uh, Billy Hamilton's four home runs this year against the Brewers. Shakir pitching for the third time in four days takes his second straight loss in, in consecutive appearances. And Brewers lose a chance to gain on Colorado. They did uh, not lose any more ground to Chicago, but Colorado, I'm sorry, not get They lose a game to Colorado because Colorado won today. They could have kept pace with them. It's still a lot of baseball to be played, uh, but another heartbreaking loss. And I just had this feeling when it went to the ninth. Um, and every so time, I'm like, I just, they're not going to win this game. And it's not me being a naysayer, being, uh, you know, blue and doom. I just, you just get that feeling. And, and, you know, there's nothing, there's no logic to it. Like, there was nothing that told me I should have worried about Billy Hamilton hitting one out on Josh Hader. But something just told me that that was going to be it. And it was. And, you know, but they go back at it tomorrow. That's the great thing about baseball and, like, football. Not a lot of time to think about it. Get right back on the horse and, and you go again tomorrow. Right. I, I mean, uh, you just hope that doesn't affect Hader's confidence as much. You hope that he, you know, he's still got a great arm. He's still one of the best young pitchers uh, in, in baseball. You know, I don't understand something, though. Is 
so we're told we don't want him to start. We want him to be out of bullpen. We're going to monitor his innings, all this other stuff. And I, I, fine, I accept it. I don't like it, but I accept it. And then you pitch him three, three, and three times in four games. And people go, well, his pitch count wasn't that high in the early games. No, but he had to warm up three times, whereas if he were a starter, he'd only warm up once every five games. I just I don't understand the logic behind not having him start, but then you're going to pitch him that much consecutively. I, I don't know. Whatever. It is what it is. I just didn't. I just don't get it. Yeah, no, I think it's one of those things where uh, I think it's one of those things where maybe hopefully they hope that they're, they're loosening things more and they're – you'd think – with him, you know, like they'd have the ability now to, to work and he'd have, or in terms of getting them in more, but uh, it rains. I mean, we'll see what comes of it this week. I mean, they got big games, it's it's the Reds, and then they go Cubs. I know there's a lot of talk about yeah. the Cubs and uh, moving back the time because they're in Pittsburgh until it was a Thursday night, so Thursday night game on uh, on Thursday for the Pittsburgh, and then they're supposed to play a Friday afternoon game, and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, that... I I don't like the fact that the Brewers are crying about it. I really don't. Like so, essentially, what happened is they were supposed to play a day game. The Brewers had a day off, so they would have been a little bit more rested than the Cubs. But the Cubs did get granted the right to play one more night game on a Friday, and they only had two other Friday home games left after they were given that that chance. One of them was the Brewers. Well, they got to choose which one were they going to choose. Who? What would you have done? I mean, you know what I'm saying. It's going to have a playoff atmosphere. The Brewers should be happy. They should want to play that game under those circumstances, under the lights, when it's got, where it could feel like a playoff game. Treat it like a playoff game. But it just seems like there's a lot more. I, I, like, I got it. I get it when they were upset about the rainout that wasn't a rainout. Day. That's fine. Like, I, I think they're right to, to complain about that one. But this just sounds like a little bit of whining. Just shut up and play baseball. Like, you know, be mad at yourself for not making a move or be mad at yourself for blowing a huge lead out of the all-star break and just tanking for about two, three weeks. You know, now things have rightened a little bit, but go out and play baseball. I don't want to, I don't care. Like, I don't want to hear any more crying about it. Just get it done. I, that's my take on it. I'm sorry, but I just, I feel like there's just been a lot of, much to do about nothing in this situation. Yeah, I still feel like it's. I mean, it's a competitive advantage, and yeah, they're going to use it. But I mean, I think it shows. Yeah. That they're, I, th- I think it shows that they're nervous about the Brewers, which is a good sign for from Milwaukee. It's just kind of almost to me, it's almost like a sign of respect in that fact that they're they're trying to do this uh, against the Brewers. Uh, but I mean, it it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And I mean, it also I guess it also fuels the rivalry where there's a little bit more. Uh, I mean, you'll you'll see that a little bit more. So. I'm excited. To, I'm just excited to see where where they go from it. So, um, but yeah, other than that, um, should be. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. For, I mean, we're still talking baseball. We're talking Packers. We're talking Badgers. It's the best time of the year. And uh, anything else you got before we take it home, brother? No, I think that covers it all. Excellent. And uh, you guys check back with us next week. We'll talk more Brewers. We'll recap Packers, Seahawks. We'll. Talk Badgers, FAU, and we'll be looking ahead to you know the week two games for NFL. We'll be looking at for week three and and college football and what the Wisconsin Badgers uh, will be doing in Provo. I wish I could make that out there. So, uh, but I'll be there uh, along with Owen Reese for the Florida Atlantic game. Uh, so make sure you guys check out Bucky's fifth quarter for all your news and notes. Uh, we're excited to see everybody, uh, and it was, it was great walking down Camp Randall. 
and the smells, Scott, of tailgates starting and, and the sounds of of music off down Regent Street and the just the, the people walking and, and, and clad in cardinal and white, like you, you, that atmosphere uh, was, it's what makes Madison one of the best college towns in the nation, you know? And it, I mean, even, even a college age, and this is sad, by the way, the college age party that I walked past, they were playing Smash Mouse All-Star. And I pointed out that like, huh, I wonder how old they were when that came out. Somewhat, our friend Kevin Trahan, who used to work for Inside NU at SB Nation, noted that the incoming freshman class were probably either just born or weren't born yet when that song came out in 1999. And that got me feeling really, really old. Now, there you go. (laughs) So, yeah. But no, other than that... um, yeah, no, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, like I said, we'll come back next week. We're talking a lot more a lot more coming up, and, and we'll see uh, what comes in store if we if the Green Bay Packers will be 1-0. So, uh, Scotty, why don't you take us home, brother? Well, uh, you kind of hit on it there. We'll talk to Badgers and Packers again and maybe any other news and notes that pop up throughout uh, the sporting world. And, uh uh, we'll get it all covered when we convene sometime next week uh, for uh, Jake Kokorowski on the Polish Rifle Skabinski. It's Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Enjoy the rest of what's left of Labor Day and we'll talk to everybody soon.